Greetings, Alpha Seekers. Um, yesterday I made the big, big announcement, uh, epochal announcement, that uh, we're rebranding the Alpha's next podcast. I thought maybe we were ending it, but uh, my partner came over and said, uh, hey, look, at you know we're going to rebrand this, because we have a vehicle we set up. It's a limited partnership or something <clears throat> um, called Nugent Capital because my partner uh, is kind of a silent one. So uh, so I'm the marquee name, you know, and that's not like Trump ego name, you know, that's just what he called it. So it uh, couldn't be his name, so it's my name. And so I got my own, like, uh, GPLP, whatever the hell it is. So it's like an 80-page document is all I know. <clears throat> and in March, we're going to be... Uh, we're going to have a broker-dealer relationship, so, um, you know, pretty big league. So anyway, um, the reason I hopped on now, I hopped on earlier and I got interrupted. So, fact, let's just make sure that doesn't happen again. For those of you who are, like, aspiring podcasters, which I'm sure probably you're not, but just in case... Uh, what you want to do if you do this on your iPhone is go into your settings and put your phone on Do Not Disturb, okay? And that way, nobody can interrupt your podcast. I had another podcast us interrupt us earlier. Uh, and that's frustrating. So anyway, uh, but now we're taking a fresh uh, look at life. And... Uh, the reason I hopped on right now is there was a guy from Interactive Brokers, which is big, called, uh, his name is Steve Sosnick. And uh, so he was talking about the VIX. And the VIX is the volatility index on the S&P 500, or the spider, really, which is the ETF for it. And the VIX is at 23.44. Now, it was as high as 40, and I think it was even higher than that, you know, in March. Normal VIX is 10, 12, 11 in a calm market, let's put it that way. Uh, so 24 is kind of elevated. And the futures, he said, because they trade futures on this, are at 26 going into the first quarter. Now, that's inconsistent with the generally uh, bullish view uh i heard a guy from bmo on today and he's like projecting dow or s&p rather 4400 which is up from 36 now roughly so that's a pretty big move <clears throat> and uh so bmo is very conservative i for the moment at least i have uh, i have some money there and they're very conservative so that's one of the reasons I'm not going to probably have it there for long. But uh, so, you know, it's, it's odd. If, if the outlook is bullish, then the VIX should be lower than that on the futures. So he's saying that the best thing to do right now is to sell puts or sell covered calls on stock. And that way you're betting against the level of volatility. In other words, a level, he says the, the, the level of 26 on the futures implies that you're going to have a point and a half daily move on the S&P, right? 
which is, you know, if the, if the S&P moves up or down a point on a daily basis, that doesn't get my attention. If it moves two, that starts to worry me. If it moves to three or four on a daily basis, then I start to, you know, tune in. But point, point and a half, you know, that's not, that's a typical day as far as I'm concerned. Point and a half is a little high. Uh, and either the upside or downside. So, um, so what he's saying is exactly what we just happen to be doing today. Uh, we were talking about what to do, and what we decided to do was sell puts on Moderna and on Biontech, and uh, we also uh, took another biotech stock. I can't remember her name, but and uh, so you know the way the way that works is you're selling insurance on a stock and. What you want to do is sell the put. First of all, you sell a put spread, you know, because you don't want to have stocks can go to zero. You don't want to be exposed all the way down. And the options markets won't let you do that because they'll ask you, they're cash secured options. So if you're, you know, selling a 90 put on, uh, on Moderna and Moderna is at 99, they, they want enough cash to cover that $90 drop. So that's not practical. So what you want to do is sell a spread. So what we did was sell the 90-70 spread, I think, which is a real wide one. But the the lower down your put is uh, to to spread it, the, the more money you make if it expires uh, without you being assigned the stock. So what, ha- what happens if you sell the put, you're basically agreeing to buy the stock if it hits 90. So you'll get assigned that stock. You'll get, like if you sell five puts, you'll get 500 shares. So you want to sell it at a level you'd want to buy it at anyway. And so it's a win-win. If the stock doesn't go down to 90, you pocket the premium for, for the insurance. If the stock does go down to 90, that's where you wanted to get in long anyway. And, and what we're going to do is if it does, you know, if we get assigned, we'll sell the stock off. And then we'll buy some deep in the money calls, like maybe 70s or 65s, which move basically the same way the stock would move, but give you like a you know 30% leverage or what have you. We're also, though, I gave my partner a green light to buy some like way out of the money calls on both of those stocks and, and maybe out a few months like in March because my thinking is that Biontech's probably going to get acquired. The folks who run Biontech couple of doctors, Turkish doctors that are German immigrants, and uh, they have already had one successful exit, so I expect them to sell the company, and that tells me that you can do that even if you're German, so I thought there might be some restrictions on that, which is why Pfizer didn't buy them before the approval, but I wouldn't be surprised that all Pfizer bought them. And Moderna is either going to get to be a $200 stock, or somebody's going to buy it, and you know, they're going to have to pay up for it. Uh, Biontech is up to 104 today, which is great. Um, that's a big move on Biontech. So we're selling puts against that. And, uh, you know, they, they're they seeking emergency use approval today or very soon for their vaccine. And Moderna will be right behind them. So that's all good news. Uh, but, you know, this uh, Sosnick... He, uh, you know, he he really conf- uh, conf- gave me some confirmation on what we're doing here, which is selling those puts. And I know most of you probably don't know how to do that, 
But if you want to learn how to do it, uh, take Dan Keegan's course, the uh, options thinker, Chicago School of Trading. Tell him I sent you, and maybe he'll give me a little uh, spiff, you know? I could use the money. So, uh, full disclosure, you know, if you mention my name, maybe I'll get 500 bucks from Dan. So, his course costs about $5,000, but believe me, it's worth it. Uh, Because if you go out there on your own, man, forget about it. And there's no guarantee you're going to make money even if you take his course, but I guarantee you, you won't lose as much as you would if you just blundered into the thing like these Robin Hood folks, you know. So, anyway, that was good. Um, also, um, you know, we're in this election kind of clown show with uh, Trump, but there is a, this is my weekly edition of the Week magazine, which I highly recommend. Don't mention my name if you subscribe to that, because they won't care. Uh, But there's some very good news in this latest election, I thought. And I thought I would just go through the stuff that I found noteworthy in the week here, and that'll be the end of the podcast. So, um, but... Basically, this election, while it was obviously not a good one for Trump, and everybody knows that except Trump, um, it was a good one for uh, the the middle of the road folks, you know, moderates. So uh, the blue wave turned out to be a blue ripple. And that, I think, is very surprising to me. It just goes to show you that you can't really believe the polls anymore. And you cannot believe that... uh, You can't believe what you hear in the media. In the sense, not that it's not, you know, not that it's necessarily inaccurate, but the voices you hear in the media are not the majority. They don't represent the majority of people's uh, views. And so it becomes sort of an illusion that, you know, I think the left thinks that everybody is supporting them just because the only people who speak out these days are people who are woke and, you know, want to defund the police and everything else. People who don't want to do that just keep their mouths shut because they don't want to be accused of, you know, being politically incorrect or racist or whatever. But then when they go to the ballot box, (laughs) they express themselves very quietly and with a secret ballot so that they don't get canceled. And that's, I think, you talk about people being delusionary, and obviously Trump and Rudy Giuliani are most often accused of that. But I think there's some... Uh, delusionary people on the uh, socialists, uh, democratic socialist side, too. They think everybody agrees with them just because people don't disagree with them in public or even in polls, necessarily. But one of the things that this this, uh, article in the week talked about was that defund the police is not a popular view, even in the black with a capital B community. You know, because people who live in those areas know 
what's going to happen if you defund the police? You know, the police have some unfortunate side effects, obviously, adverse events, uh, but they're like medications, right? I mean, okay, there's some side effects that are undesirable, but mostly the police keep keep order. You know, I remember the old uh, Daily quote, police aren't here to create disorder, they're here to preserve disorder. <laughs> I almost said the same thing. And I'm not even from Bridgeport, but I am from South Shore. You know, I always say to people up here, you know, you got to remember, I'm in Lincoln Park, you got to remember I'm from the South Side, so you have to speak very slowly. <laughs> I can give you a little uh, translator, you know, for South Side ease. So, uh, let's see. I'm looking around for that article, actually. I'm kind of filibustering here. But Georgia is key. It's the hinge of fate here. And uh, American eyes turn to Georgia. Uh, the election thus far has left Republicans in control 50 to 48. Two, two Senate seats undecided. So you got two runoffs. The Democrats sweep both. They can run the table. And if they run the table, the agenda is to grant statehood to the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. And that would basically lock in a Senate majority for them um, or give them a much better chance. So if Republicans win just one of these seats, you've got... That ain't going to happen for a couple of years at least. And if history is any guide, um, the Democratic majority, or the Democratic uh, count in the Senate and, and the House is probably going to get worse. So, um, yeah, but, uh, but, uh, and of course they're crying racism down there. Republicans will have an edge no matter how much the Democrats spend. So the Democrat, the Republicans have a better ground game because the Democrats have been more honestly sensible about virus. So uh, we'll see what happens. But that's a very, very, very huge election. And let's see here. The polls are wrong. They try to figure out why, but I think it's because most people um, keep their mouth shut. You know, they're afraid to even tell a pollster what they really think. So, or they just don't pick up the phone. You know, people who are angry want to express their opinions, and the most of the anger has been on the side of um, the the left. Now that's now that Trump is gone, hopefully at least. Um, I think that'll take some of the energy out of their their side of it. Now, here's a really alarming number. 63% of Americans say they would... Oh, wait, 63% of Americans say they would get a vaccine if it reduced the chances of infection. Even if only by half, 61%, but that still leaves the 37% who wouldn't, you know. And that may just be a Darwinian elimination. Let's see if there's any good quotes here. It's better to fail in originality than to succeed in imitation. 
I don't know about that, but Herman Melville, that's what he thought. He didn't see a lot of people writing novels about whales, with the whale as kind of the hero back then, you know. He was ahead of his time. Here's a good quote. Doug Adams, a common mistake that people make when trying to design something completely foolproof is to underestimate the ingenuity of complete fools. And I, you know, I, I feel that way sometimes. <laughs> they used to test out the tech on me, and if I could do it, then they figured anybody could do it. Here's Anthony Powell, a novelist. Growing old's like being increasingly penalized for a crime you haven't committed. I can relate to that. Life just, you know. But then there was a good Peyton Manning quote about uh, he didn't feel like he was uh, losing anything. He was just morphing into new possibilities. Another article about social media. And the election and all that. This story about how the modern dog came to be 11,000 years ago. Five different types of dogs. They, get, they came from wolves. So Louis is from a wolf. Somewhere in here there's an article of a town that elected a dog as mayor. So I think... Maybe Louis should embark upon a political career. I mean, frankly, I think that uh, in this town, he might be an upgrade. <laughs> but he's, I mean, Louis is white. So I don't know if he could get elected. Plus, he's a dog. You know. I don't know if this town ain't ready for that kind of reform yet. But, you know, I am trying to find Louie a good job. I took him for a walk today, and he was like a paperweight, you know. Essentially, he takes me for walks. So if he can do that, I mean, that's pretty clever for a dog. Who knows? He may have political... Uh... Now, here's something about uh, by Peter Beinert, Beinert, NewYorkBooks.com. If Donald Trump had governed as the economic populist he claimed to be, he would likely have been reelected. I don't know that the virus, you know, I think the virus really voted, had the votes these this time. But he lost, Trump lost voters who earn under 50 grand by 15 points, and of course there's some racial skew there, and those between 50 and 100 by 13 points. So the idea is that he pushed through tax cuts and that is unpopular, and that hurt him. And I don't know about that, but, um, and here's the thing I know, because I have a friend who's like obsessed with Trump. This is by Helen Lewis in the Atlantic. Says that, uh, some liberals are going to miss Trump when you're used to fighting enemies. How do you go back to having mere opponents? I think it's going to be like post Trump stress disorder. You know, there's, they're so used to beating Trump up that they just won't be able to give it up. It's so much fun for them. Uh, it's like an adrenaline shot every time they make fun of the guy. Yeah, here it is. A small town in Kentucky has elected a dog as its mayor. Wilbur, a French bulldog, collected 13,143 votes amid historic turnout, beating a beagle named Jack Rabbit and Poppy, a golden retriever. Uh, 
this is the community of Rabbit Hash, Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Wow. Um, it's been electing canine chief executive since its historic general store burned down in 2016, and money was needed in order to rebuild it. Every dollar donated represents a vote for the dog of the donor's choice. After the election, a rep for Wilbur urged constituents to contact him on social media, promising he would be all ears. You gotta like that. So, uh, now, I'm going to reveal who I voted for. Uh, I voted for Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Uh, because, why not? You know, it, it, it was my way of protesting the fact that in this state, I really don't have any choice. You know, I knew Joe Biden was going to win the state, you know, as soon as he got nominated. So... I unfortunately, my guy didn't win again. Uh, Kanye trails Joe Biden. Uh, he collected about sixty thousand votes, including mine. And uh, his strongest showing was in Tennessee, where he collected 03 percent of the three million. He got ten thousand votes there. So. Kanye is not the kind to give up like Trump. He responded by tweeting Kanye 2024. Um, his campaign apparently was boosted by GOP operatives uh, to siphon Biden votes from blacks and young people. Well, I am neither, and I voted for him. Uh, he took stances against police brutality. I'm against that. Abortion and certain chemicals and deodorant, <laughs> which I... I have to study up on. Uh, he posted a video of him voting in Wyoming, and here's another way he's like Trump. Uh, he had to write in his name because he wasn't on the ballot in Wyoming. He owns a ranch there. And he printed his name in the write-in space and left all the other races blank. <laughs> I'm sure that's the way Trump votes. <laughs> anyway, now here's another... You know, this is part of my How to Be Woke series. Anne Hathaway apologized last week for playing a witch with three fingers on each hand in her new HBO Max adaptation of the Rold, R-O-L-D, doll novel, The Witches, after disability advocates said Hathaway's hands resembled ectrodactyly, which I have never heard of, a limb disability. Uh, the... The novel describes them as having thin Kirby claws like a cat, but critic, critics said the film treated a real-life disability like something scary. As someone who really believes in inclusivity and really, really has cruelty, I owe you an apology for all the pain I caused. So, you know, I'm sure she never heard of that or ever saw anybody with that, but nonetheless, she apologized for having offended people, you know, and that's... Another woke lesson. It doesn't matter if you know what you're saying is offensive or not. It it just you it's just you have to apologize to anybody who feels offended by anything you do. So that's today's episode of, of how to be a woke person. Uh, by Mr. Woke. I d I don't know if it's probably sexist for me to say Mr. Um but that's my pronoun. He, you know. So, or you can call me it, whatever. You, you know, I don't care what you call me. And speaking of not caring, 
there's an article about Greta Thun- Thunberg, who's like the Joan of Arc of climate. She has Asperger's. Asperger's. <laughs> and from the south side, I can't help myself. But uh, David Marchese, 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 I don't know how you pronounce his last name, in the New York Times Magazine, uh, says that being having Asperger's syndrome is her superpower. Most people follow social codes, but people with Asperger's and autism, we don't care what people think about us. So it's good not to care what people think about you. That's, I guess that's kind of a sequel about how to be, how to be a woke person. Um, and she also says that she's not particularly wise, and I would have to agree with her there. One thing she has is a childlike and naive way of seeing things. I would agree with that, too. Uh, she thinks the rest of us overthink things. And so that's how you can be woke. You know, you don't care. But if you don't care what people think of you, then why would you apologize to them if you hurt their feelings? I don't know. I'm still I'm still learning myself, folks. Um, I don't claim to become perfectly woke yet, but I'm I'm working. I'm working on it, and we can we can work on it together. But based on the results of this last election, it doesn't look like we have to, you know, get right on that. So here's my favorite article in a long time, actually. Uh, why this was not a wave election. Um, in fact, according to a progressive here, I'm sure, Eric Lovitz, New York Mag, what else do you need to know? Democrats had perhaps a two-year... Oh, this was a catastrophic setback for progressive politics. Democrats had perhaps a two-year window to control the Senate, eliminate the filibuster, and award statehood to Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico, thereby addressing the structural disadvantage they face in a legislative body, that would be the Senate, dominated by rural, thinly populated states. Bad people. Now, climate legislation, an expansion of Obamacare, immigration reform, and gun safety will go nowhere. Down ballot, Democrats failed to flip even a single state legislature, which with redistricting looming will have dire consequences, And if you're Eric at least, for a decade. Yes, the Trump era is dying, but a progressive one cannot be born. Well, thank God for small blessings. The explanation for the blue trickle is obvious, says Rich Lowry in the National Review, which is just as conservative as New York Mag is liberal. The presidential race was a referendum on Trump, but Republicans successfully made House and Senate races a referendum on the infamous, the notorious Representative AOC and her squad of far-left Congresswomen and the woke socialism that animates Democratic activists. These activists spent the summer chanting the most idiotic slogan of our times, defund the police. Guess what? Voters don't want to defund the police. This election was also a massive rebuke of socialism, says Robbie Swab, S-O-A-B-E, in Reason.com, which is a libertarian publication. As represent- <laughs> This is a great one. Representative Abigail Spanberger of Virginia bluntly told fellow Democrats in a conference call this week they better not ever use the word socialist or socialism ever again unless they want to get an effing torn apart in 2022. So 
uh, just goes you that moderates can drop f bombs too. You don't have to be a part of the squad. Uh, there's a pushback on that, and it's from a woman. Well, Jeet, I don't know what Jeet here, Jeet here. We used to sit in college, Jeet here. No, anyway, uh, even she says that. Uh, lots of voters concluded from this that once Trump was gone, the GOP would be sane again, so why not have divided government? Uh, so, Andrew Sullivan, however, says progressives do deserve blame. Most Americans were allowed by the psychologically disturbed madman in the Oval Office. Well, I think that's a little overstated. But, but also, by rioting in the streets and the woke hordes who hunted for thought criminals to cancel, which I, I got canceled on Facebook by one guy, in the name of social justice. Voters chose sanity and removed the nutcase as well as defanging the woke <laughs> and forced the two parties into a messy stalemate. The compromises needed to move forward will be unsatisfying to everyone, said Dan McLaughlin back in the National Review, but welcome to American democracy, same as it ever was. Well, that's a relief because it's worked reasonably well throughout my lifetime, and I'm just like running out the clock here. So I just kind of hope things stay the same for reasonably within that moderate range, like temperatures. Too hot, too cold, that good, just right. Goldilocks theory, uh, at least for a couple of years here, and hopefully until I check out. Now, only in America. Um, Students at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine have written an anti-racist addendum to the Hippocratic Oath, which includes a commitment to prioritize understanding of each patient's narrative, background, and experiences, and to become an ally to those of low socioeconomic status, the BIPOC community. Uh, i got to look that one up. And the... Now, this LGBTQ, eventually every letter in the alphabet's going to be in this. I mean, I got the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and now they've got I and A at the end of it. So it's like, if you were to pronounce this acronym, it's like Ligabitquia Plus. And I don't know what the, pl- the I and the A are. And I think even they've kind of given up by putting a plus because it, it's like you know <laughs> what and what's next, and uh, also the now this is I don't know how to pronounce this. It's the women, but then W O M X N. So that sounds like a radio station to me. Differently abled individuals, which we used to call disabled or handicapped, or you know even less politically correct terms. And, you know, I'm all for that, differently able. That's fine. And other underserved groups. So anybody who's underserved, uh, you know, we're, gonna, we're going to prioritize understanding and being allies of them. Well, you know, I think a doctor should probably be an ally of whatever walks in the door, right? So that's not the worst thing in the world, but it's kind of political correct funny. In my opinion. And what else do we have here? I'm a little worried about Rudy Giuliani. I must say, um, President Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, held a surreal press conference to 
allege election fraud. They, I think they wanted to have it the Four Seasons, but he was from out of town. I think this was in Philly, yeah. And instead of going to Four Seasons Hotel, they ended up at Four Seasons Total Landscaping, <laughs> which is next to a sex shop, a crematorium, and a jail. Um, the Philadelphia business quickly marketed a line of T-shirts featuring the slogans, Lawn and Order and Make America Rake Again. And, you know, you can't make this stuff up. And then, like... Rudy was like sweating bullets the other day and they showed a close up of a bead of sweat that actually had some of his hair dye in it. You know, he must use one of those. I don't know why people are so concerned about their hair, you know, but Rudy evidently uses that just a touch for men or whatever. I mean, I think hair is just a pain in the neck. I would really like to be bald, frankly. I wouldn't have to comb my hair or wash my hair. I mean, it's one less bell to answer, you know. So, anyway, I think that's enough of this nonsense for one day. But the good news is that the podcast goes on. And uh, those few proud, brave listeners of uh, who are loyal, and, you know, I can tell because you complain when I don't do it, um, take heart. You will still have me to kick around, you know. You won't have Trump anymore, but you'll still have me. So so be safe. Please don't do anything for Thanksgiving. If you want to have something to be thankful for next Thanksgiving, don't go anywhere. Uh, stay at home. And uh, listen, catch up on my podcasts. So, uh, you know, be thank- something to be thankful for, the, uh, the, the Nugent Capital Podcast. And uh, live long, prosper, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.